Hey, uh, we started some weeks ago a brand new series about uh, the demonic world, actually. And uh, some people say, well, how in the world can you choose uh, such a very unique topic? And I think if you're a follower of Christ and if you read the Bible and if you're really honest with God, there's a lot of Bible passages when Jesus speaks about the end time, about the future, what's going on. And I think for us as a church, as Christians, we should read actually the time where we're living in right now. That's the title of the message, How Can I See Through the Antichrist? Have you ever heard about the Antichrist? I mean, we are in a very, very big crisis and every crisis starts to shake everything, right? When something gets shaked, it always comes out what is unshakable, what is lasting, what will endure forever. And in that crisis, there is a foundation, something you can shake as much as you want. That foundation is unshakable and that foundation is a name. That name is Jesus Christ. And let's give Jesus a big round of applause again. Because this is so important in the season. Don't be uh, nervous. Don't be afraid because our foundation where our life is built on, it's not on sand. It's on the foundation is Jesus Christ. And then some people just say, okay, uh, I have a question about the coronavirus. Is this the end of the time? Is this the moment when the Antichrist steps in and takes over, uh, rules over the nations? Because... You know, the Antichrist has a number 666 in, in the book of Revelation. There comes a time where the book of Revelation says you cannot pay things with cash anymore. And right now, because of the virus, we cannot pay with cash anymore. We pay with the credit card. And all of a sudden, all your data, it's in the computer. And in the computer means they have all your address and all the data. And that's the moment that people say, oh my gosh, this is the beginning for the Antichrist. Have you ever heard that? No. Yes. Hey, and then I googled, uh, that's cool, you can Google Google. I Googled Google and I Googled the word Corona. And here is are some words I found out about Corona. Uh, there was a two articles said, we need a world government, if you Google Corona, and uh, we need also a, a better ruling system. And then in Spiegel, this is a German magazine actually, uh, Spiegel wrote uh, around two weeks ago in an article, I want to read it, what in that article Spiegel uh, wrote down. They said, if the climate change and migration strategies recent years have not yet proven, COVID-19, check this out, COVID-19, we need a world government. We need someone who takes the whole world in a lead because every nation handles Corona differently, right? We need someone who has a smart idea and make the whole virus, bring, brings the virus to a stop. We need a world government. And if you're a Christian, you will say, oh my gosh, this is like a very good stage for the Antichrist. And when you, when I, when I mention the word Antichrist, you have to understand the enemy in the Bible has different names. And I want to give you an overview about the five names. When you read the Bible, as you can see uh, about the enemy, it's the Lucifer, Satan, the devil, the roaring lion, and the Antichrist. Antichrist means instead of Christ. Instead of Christ on this earth, the devil sneaks in and he wants to rule and lead and be in the lead in everything what he's doing. And I think it's very important that you understand the book of Revelation. Revelation. I have to be honest, when, when I got saved when I was 18 years old, I started to read the Bible. And unfortunately, I started to read the Bible for the very first time about the book of Revelation. 
And I got very nervous and I get very afraid because you read about the end times, about the Antichrist and all the, 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 the things. And I said, oh my gosh, God, I'm so afraid. And people said to me, why in the world are you starting with the book of Revelation? Just start with the book of John. And then start to read about John, about Jesus and baptism and the Holy Spirit. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's a different story. And if you are afraid about the book of Revelation, about the end time, about the Antichrist, here is a Bible verse Many, many years ago, that Bible verse is for me so important because we have to understand whatever happens, whatever will come, God is always in the winning position. God is always in the winning position. If you're following Jesus Christ, you belong to the winning team of God Almighty. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, and this is a very important Bible verse, guys, for us. The one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and the seven seals. With other words, God will win. The devil cannot win. The devil makes you afraid and angry or whatever and we are insecure. But if you belong to the kingdom of God, we will win whatever happens. That's good news. And then about the next Bible verse, you find it in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's tremble will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and all the nation will stream to it. With other words, even though if nations are against God, there will come a season when every knee bow down and confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord. I don't give the enemy a seat at the table and I don't give the enemy the permission to overrule my life because in my life, my center, my foundation is Jesus Christ. About the Antichrist, you will find that word actually in John chapter 2, verse 8. If you are interested in, in, in the Bible, here are three things that the Bible speaks about the Antichrist. Dear children, all of us are children of God. This is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's in the last hour. And if you study uh, the Bible, if you're going to a seminary, you will learn in that Bible text there are three different types of Antichrist. And I want to share this with you. The Antichrist, number one, it's actually a personal. In the end of our days, there will be one guy. He will rule the nation. He will bring hope to the nation. And people will applaud and say, oh my gosh, you solved all the problems. It can be the coronavirus that one guy figures out the solution and he will be in charge of everything. But it's also a system of Antichrist. And also, it can be more antichrists. It's not just one person, it comes again and again and again. Uh, do you know that even uh, the disciples two, 2,000 years ago, they asked the same questions. Is this the end time? And I want to read to you uh, some Bible verse about the New Testament, about Matthew. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, the disciples asked, tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Think for a moment. They asked the same question 2,000 years ago. 
Is this the end time, Christ? Is, is something more is coming? You say, oh my gosh, why in the world do you ask this question? They ask Christ, how can we know we are in the end time? Then Jesus said, thanks for asking. <laughs> hey, check out the, the re response of Christ to the disciples in verse 6 and eight to 8. Jesus said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see this, that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of a birth pains. A birth pains. Is anyone, you delivered the baby already? <laughs> not yet. Dave? No, you're a man. Birth wave, you have to understand the birth means actually it's in waves. It gets stronger and faster and every time it gets stronger, it's more pain and it comes to a moment you say, ah, they push it out. This is what Jesus saying to disciples, don't worry, it's like a birth pain. It starts a little bit, it gets more intense, faster, stronger, and the end of the day say, my gosh, come out. Why I'm explaining this all in every detail? You have to understand when Jesus said that, it was some weeks before he died on the cross. And I want to draw a picture. This is very important. He said this before he died on the cross. He said, when I die, those things will happen. And Jesus took the Lord's Supper and he said, from now on, I will not drink the wine anymore and I will wait in heaven for you guys. And when we meet in heaven, I will drink wine with you again. There is a table in front of my enemies on this earth, but God is preparing a table for you and me as well in heaven. From that cross to that table, there is a gap. And this gap is called ages and maybe 2,000 years. And Jesus is saying in these 2,000 years, Waves are coming. Those waves are getting stronger and bigger. And one thing, they're so big, you're longing, you will scream for salvation. And this picture is very important because there's a lot of books are written about, about the Antichrist. And they mention certain people, you say, my gosh, oh, all of them, they were wrong. No, they were not wrong. This, they spoke about the waves of Antichrist, about a system It will come. I check out what Jesus said to them in verse 9 to 13. Hey, this is very, very heavy teaching of Christ. He said to them, Then you will be handed over to the persecuted and put to death, and all of the disciples have been killed, and they had no clue that they will, they will give their life for their faith. And you will be headed by all nations because of me. All that time they will turn away from the faith and will be traded and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of the wickedness. The love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. You say, Pastor Leo, can you not preach about something else? 
Jesus said, thanks for asking me the question. When will the end come? I will tell you. It's like a birth. Whoa, watch out. And often we Christians, we don't understand between the cross and heaven, some antichrist came and brought a system into the world. And Pastor Michael, he will share with us about the waves of Antichrist that we understand in history. It happened all the time and it will happen again. Thanks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so right after the death of Jesus, we, we, uh, we just see already that there was an anti-Christian system going on. The Roman Empire was very anti-Christian. The Emperor Nero, he was the one who accused all the Christians in Rome to be the ones who set Rome on fire. There was a big fire in Rome and he accused them to be the ones who set Rome on fire. That's why he persecuted all the Christians. He even put uh, Christians in his personal park at night and he set them on fire like living torches. He was the one who was crazy anti-Christian. We know and we, we think that many theologians think that Peter and Paul were killed during the, the emperor of Nero. Then after Nero, there was Domitian, another crazy emperor with an anti-Christian system. He believed that he was God. And that's what he expected people to do, to bow down and worship him as a God. And not only one God, as the God, the only God. That's why Christians, of course, were persecuted again because they wouldn't bow down for an emperor like Domitian. The apostle John, he thought that Domitian was the Antichrist. That says it all. He believed that this emperor was the Antichrist. When we do some fast forwarding and go into the, the actual times, like a hundred years back, we have the nationalism in Germany. Adolf Hitler um, established the anti-Christian system. And during that system, there were people taking over the church. People who were friends with Adolf Hitler, they tried to put everything that was Jewish about the Christian history. I mean, everything is Jewish about history of, of Jesus. They tried to put it away. And Dieter Bonhoeffer, a very famous theologian, he was one of those who's, who tried to, to stand up against that. And he was killed with many other people. So Adolf Hitler and the National Socialism was very anti-Christian. Right after that, the socialism in the DDR was also anti-Christians. There were, there were the JDF, the Free German Youth. You have to hear the word Free German Youth. That was an anti-Christian system in a way that all the youth had to be part of that JDF. So all the Christians who were part of a Christian youth group, they were not allowed to, to go to uni university. Only people who were part of the JDF. So it was a systematic way of putting Christians aside. If we look a bit further around Europe, we see the many Islamic states are very anti-Christians. If you stand up in your family and you say, I put Muhammad aside and I believe in Jesus or in, in a Jewish religion, you will be persecuted and even put to death. That's what's happening today in Islamic states. Another anti-Christian system is the Chinese surveillance state. 
they survey all the people, they know everything about people, and they try everything to hinder Christians from reading the Bible and gathering together and celebrating God. They do everything they can. If you hear the story how they put systematically aside all the medical people who talked about COVID-19, they were all put aside for many um, months, some of them for three months, they were just disappeared and nobody knew where they were. So it's a system where not, no other meanings or opinions are tolerated than the one from the government and the system. That's how we see throughout the history of human beings that there were always like um, constructions going on anti-Christian systems. Thanks, yeah. Pastor Margaret. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank, Thank you. you so much. <laughs> I feel like a history teacher today. No, absolutely, because, you know, uh, you have to understand that the Bible is saying in the end time there will be one antichrist and he'll be, he will bring a solution to the whole entire world. He will do something good. That's why we will not say he's, he's wrong. He will bring a solution, you know. But during that time from the cross to the table, there are waves of a, of a antichrist system happen all the time and again and again and again and again. You know, what happened in, in church history, actually, we have to understand a little bit. Some people say, okay, how can we stop that wave? How can we stop that system of antichrist? And a lot of horrible things happened in the past. For example, some people, they believed in God, they did some crusades against Muslim people. They said, you know, the Muslim people, they go into the Holy Land and they said, we have to stop them. And in the name of God, a lot of people have been killed around the world. Uh, and they said, we have to stop that antichrist system. Or you see the anti, uh, um, the anti Semitismus actually uh, about Jewish people. They, they say, you know, the Jewish people, they, they, they put Jesus on, on the cross. And for them, it was like a reason why we can kill those people in the name of God. Or if you live in Switzerland, for example, there's a wars about confession. We have some regions that are Catholic people, and they were the only people that believed in God. And also revival took place, and, and, and new people, they believed in Jesus Christ. And they killed a lot of Christians, even in Zurich, they, they killed those people in the Limat. Because he said, those people have to stop it. And everything happened in the name of God to stop that wave of the Antichrist. Or you can see at the moment in the social media, if you are not agree about something or anything, they just will delete your comments. Your comments, they're just deleted. And that means you don't have a, a voice anymore. And this happens right now around the world. And my point is, that you can stand up and say, this is my opinion, is invented in a Christian culture. Often we think we take things for granted and we don't understand why Switzerland has such a beautiful culture. We're not only rich, we not only have the most beautiful cows on earth, the best cheese, the best chocolate, the most beautiful people. Check this out, Dave and me or Michael. This is also a culture of Christianity who changed that everyone can have their own opinion. Pastor Michael, just share with us like a minute, what is the blessing that we have in our nation? We take it for granted that we can assemble today and celebrate Jesus. It's not for granted. It's not just natural. It's not obvious. If you see um, what's happening around Europe, around countries that were um, Christian and not non-Christian, it's really special. We are profiting from a God who put 
gave us a choice between following him or not following. We are uh, talking about the God who gave his life even before anyone would know him like you and me. So what we take for granted that we can assemble together, that we can express our opinions is not really obvious. It's part of the achievement of a Christian worldview. And this is what the Christian worldview brought out here in Europe, in Switzerland, Germany, and in whole Europe and in the Christian countries. We can assemble together. Everyone who wants to share an opinion can share the opinion. We are freedom of expression, freedom of religion. We tolerate if people don't have the same opinion as we do. And this is the achievement of a Christian worldview. That's great, actually. It's really Absolutely. something very great. <laughs> Multimedia, can you bring also yes. this slide, please? There, there you created a slide as well that you see. This is uh, the advancement of Christianity, what God has given us. And we as a church of, of believers of the body of Christ, you have the right to say, this is my opinion. But we live in light row in a system where people say, no, you cannot say what you believe. There's only one opinion if you like it or not. I, I want to make it very practical because you say, where, where, where will this message go? What will be the end? Here is a circle. You have the mainstream, for example, the opinion of people, and you have my stream. The my stream is maybe you have a certain opinion. And what happened right now, we're living right now in a very, very dangerous season. It's not because of the coronavirus. We have at the moment like two different groups of people. It gets very extreme. You can see this, for example, in America. You have the left wing or right wing, Donald Trump or Biden, whatever. And it's very extreme. And people say, why in the world is a nation like America divided in two parts? Or why is the world divided in two parts? Why is the family divided? divided in two parts of opinion in terms of the coronavirus. This virus has put a split into many families, in many churches, in many small groups, and even Christians, and want to make it very, very practical. For example, I got a lot of emails from people, they're saying to me, Pastor Leo, if you wear the mask, that means we will bow down and submit our knees in front of a structure or a, a nation who's not believing in God anymore. If you do this, you are not a, a, a spiritual-filled, Holy Spirit a revival pastor anymore. Have you ever heard people talking like that? Huh. All over the world. And other people say, no, if you're not wearing the mask, you will kill people. They said to me, how in the world can you have church with 50 people? We are in a crisis. There's a virus. There can be, you come to the church, you get affected. You have no clue that you're affected. You're going home to your mom, to your grandmom, and you bring the affection to your grandmom. She's 86 years old. She gets infected. She dies, and you're a murderer. Have you ever heard that? You have two extremes in the coronavirus about things. And when you read the news, it's only about the mainstream. Keep the distance. Stay at home. Don't go to church. This virus kills everyone and everyone and everything. And you have to understand me. I don't say it's right or wrong. Here is my point. I have some questions. We don't have a culture anymore where you can ask questions. Questions are not allowed anymore. If you ask a question, people say, oh, you are against. No, I'm not against. I'm not for. I'm not for. I'm not against. I'm not against. I'm not for. I just only have a question. 
Do you understand what I'm talking about? For example, the Bible says, God created male and female, period. Right? Period. You cannot say this anymore from stage. No, there is no period. There is a comma of 54 different gender options. Choose whatever you want. I don't find that. Sorry, my Bible. You cannot preach about homosexuality anymore, whatever you think. People say, you cannot say this anymore. We are in a system there is only one opinion. And if you don't like that opinion, you will get cursed. They kick you out and your opinion has no meaning anymore. And this is a very demonic system we are heading right now. It's not advanced generation, better than my grandparents. No, 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 no. Here is something going on and a lot of Christians, if you don't understand what's going on, opinion, that's my opinion, that's my stream. It's the foundation of Christianity. A lot of people, they don't understand why in the world it gets more and more extreme. And social media has a big part in that. And our uh, IT specialist from IC Zurich, Simon Egli, he wants to share with you what, what the Facebook and Instagram is doing with you guys. And often we don't understand the power about algorithm in the Facebook and Instagram. Here is the story. When Facebook was founded in 2004, nobody would have thought how it would come out. The number of active social media users today is impressive, but the true extent of these platforms is still very hard to put into words. More than half of the world's population is now active on social media. Facebook, as the largest platform, has 2.7 billion active users per month. Facebook's most valuable asset is your personal information, including information about your behavior, preferences and community. As a user, you are Facebook's product. With you, they earned 70 billion US dollars last year by placing very targeted advertising on you. And watch out, advertising today doesn't necessarily look like Zalando advertising with a product and a price tag. Advertising can also have the goal of changing opinions, political views or values. Social media platforms use algorithms that help to display the content that is best for you. So you can spend even more time on the platform. They know what you like. This in turn allows Facebook to let you consume even more paid content or advertising and the cash register rings. They know what you like. This in turn allows Facebook to let you consume even more paid content or advertising and the cash register at Facebook rings. So what happens if these algorithms in this unmanageable flood of information and news only show you what they think is right for you or relevant to you? Your opinion formation is more and more controlled and manipulated by the algorithms. It becomes more one-sided and maybe based on untruth, false reports, and worst of all, you don't even notice it. Welcome to your own little social media bubble. And as long as the business models don't change, nothing will change. Wow. There's a movie came out about those challenge actually, it's about the bubble. 
Social media just gives you those information, those opinions you already believe and that's why it gets very extreme more and more. And we lost the culture that we sit on the table and we fight about topics together and we find together a solution. Here is a Bible verse and then I want to finish the message in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 to 10. The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and sober mind so that you may pray. We shall not lose to pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers all the multitudes of sins. I read in the beginning that in the end times our hearts get cold. We're losing love for each other. And right now, maybe I speak as a prophet or you think I speak nonsense, whatever you believe right now. But I have never seen people so aggressive right now, so afraid. S families are not united anymore because about the virus. And the Bible says clear in the end times, the families will be splitted. The father will be against the daughter and the daughters will be against a mom. I always thought it's maybe because of war. I think right now what the virus is doing, it splits a church and opinions in two different parts. How can we love each other? And I want to close with a revelation that God gave me. How I handle you if you have another opinion. I want to go back to the graphic. There is the mainstream and there is my stream. This is how it works. And the devil always wants to split those two things and kill one bubble. Please listen to me. You never find a woman or a man who is everything what they believe, it's what you believe, right? If you wait for a person like that, you will die as a single. That means there's always a lot of things you are not agree. And here's the slogan in English, I'm agree to be disagree. If you put these two circles together, it's an overlapping. And that overlapping binds us together. That maybe means the rest in the circle, you not agree. You not agree about their lifestyle, about their opinion, but there is a lot of things you are in common and this binds us together and this is the foundation of love. Means even in theology, means even with the virus, you can take any topic, you will not find all the people that agree in everything what you believe. But if you put these circles together, you will find something you have in common and this is enough. I create another graphic that you see there's a lot of different varieties of people. You come together, three people, two people. With some people you have more in common, with some people you have less in common. And this is the culture in our church. Hey, listen to me. We have all different parties of politics in our church. We have left wing, left people in our church. They're very left, 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 left. And some people very right, 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 right. Or America, you have some Donald Trump, 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 John Biden, 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 Biden. And either you are for Trump or for Biden and I say, oh my gosh, this is like a war. Put these things together and in the middle, you will find the truth. And this is the culture in our church. Hey, listen to me. Read the end times. 
understand what's going on. You're living in a bubble and your bubble, it's very dangerous because social media gives you just what you believe already, what you think of. And we are not able anymore to sit on that table and have a hard discussion for many hours. And then we find something in common and that overlapping common creates the love that we have for each other. Why I'm teaching you this? Because when you study church history, the same thing happens in church history. The Pentecost people, they believed we have the Holy Spirit and the baptized people, they thought we have the water and baptism, but not Holy Spirit. And for many years in church history, the church had nothing in common. Everyone believed we are better. And then they learned to understand when we put a Baptist church and a Holy Spirit church together, what is the overlapping thing? It's Jesus. And Jesus is enough because He is the reason binds us together. 